This episode of Pharmacy to Dose is proudly sponsored by Chiesi. Chiesi is a family-owned, research-focused pharmaceutical company. And as a sustainable company accredited with both a B Corp and Benefit Corporation status, Chiesi is making global changes that benefit patients, providers, and healthcare organizations with forward-looking and impactful initiatives. Chiesi appreciates the integral role that clinical pharmacists play in patient care and are proud to support this community. To learn more, visit chiesi.pharmacytodose.com. The Critical Care PRN is dedicated to fostering the role of critical care pharmacists as essential members of the multidisciplinary patient care team. The Critical Care PRN's goal is to optimize drug therapy outcomes by promoting excellence and innovation in clinical pharmacy practice, research, and education. For more information, including how to become a member, go to critprn.accp.com. Again, that website is critprn.accp.com. Welcome to Pharmacy to Dose, the Critical Care Podcast, a partner of the ACP Critical Care PRN, and I'm your host, Nick Peters. Wherever you are and however you are listening, thank you. 2024 SACM Congress has officially ended. This is Wednesday, January 24th. I'm back home after a phenomenal conference. I think you can hear it in my in my voice. Uh, such a great few days. Uh, reconnecting with friends, uh, meeting some people in, in person for the first time, uh, and of course getting to uh, learn from and network with some of the brightest pharmacy and critical care minds. So that was awesome. Uh, hope everyone enjoyed the daily recaps featuring interviews from the conference itself. First time ever doing that. Had a lot of fun. If you enjoy those, definitely let me know. Um, if you're curious, right? highlighted Pharmacist Star Research Abstract winners, a roundtable discussion with the CPP Year in Review session speakers and the moderator, an interview with a conference co-chair, a discussion about the glycemic control guidelines, and a sneak peek for a few digital Congress sessions, all featuring amazing pharmacists uh, from the SCCM Congress. Uh, So much good stuff in those episodes. Be sure to listen to the daily recaps Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. But of course, one of the most common questions throughout, wait, you're doing the daily ones. Are you still going to have? And of course, we are. So excited for today's episode, the return of conference correspondent Anthony Hawkins for our annual in-person review of the SCCM Congress. Uh, Part one was actually recorded in the convention center. Part two was recorded like we normally do in our conference hotel room. So we always try to record in the hotel room, but due to time constraints, we kind of had to start in the conference center itself this time. You know, we talk, we'll talk about uh, later in the recap how jam-packed the schedule was, but uh, that was kind of part of the reason. So uh, I'm sorry at times that uh, you might not be able to hear a question or two, lesson learned, but it was that or we wouldn't get to do it in person at all. So um we sacrificed what we needed to. So I'm sorry about that. Always try to do it in the hotel if we can. That's where part two is, so don't worry. Now, in my rush to the airport after uh, recording these, and I did make my flight, uh, I forgot just a couple of funny notes or shout-outs from the conference I wanted to uh, include in this intro. So I've always wondered this. When we're in the exhibit hall, uh, you'll walk around, and you'll see about five 
men, they're men shirtless at, their, at the ultrasound uh, booths. I've always wondered, what do you get paid to do that? So my curiosity got the best of me today, and I found out. So maybe there's just one company. You'll have to let me know if this if they're getting lowballed or not. But they said seven about seven fifty for the whole conference. So about fifteen twenty dollars an hour. I'm not sure. Feels like it could be a deal. I'm not you know. But asking the hard hitting questions starting off. Uh, also, I saw a lot of badge ribbons. Um, around and I had three that I wanted to shout out that I thought were like kind of funny. Um, the first lab rat for those who are researchers, which I thought was really, really funny. Um, Jedi master. Um, and then the other one that I thought was just was comical was the big cheese. Yeah. I don't, (laughs) I, I need to know what the, if there's an inside joke behind that last one, but we mentioned the Jedi master and uh, it's a perfect lead-in. We got to shout out Rob McLaren um, because when he was presenting his research, he had what may have been one of the most funny intros I've ever heard. Um, it sounds like he was in a pharmacology section. There's a lot of uh, critical care residents presenting their research. And Rob, Rob went up and said, hi, my name is Rob McLaren, and I am not a PGY2 critical care pharmacy resident. And I think the whole theater should be happy that I wasn't at that because I would have chuckled. I wouldn't have been able to hold in my laughter. That was really, really funny. Um, and also have to uh, shout out him and Anthony. You know, we'll, we'll, we mentioned the bowling escapades. Uh, Rob picked up a big portion, if not the whole portion of the bowling tab, and Anthony picked up, I think, the drink tab. So, uh, again, not all heroes wear capes. Shout out to Rob and Anthony um, for doing the Lord's work on a really fun night. Um, and then as we were going through the fellows, there's a lot of friends of the pod who got them, but I got to shout out a coworker, Tara Flack became fellow of critical care medicine. That's so awesome. So those were a few notes that I forgot that we kind of just missed in the review, wanted to be sure to hit it. But now without any further ado, time to get to Anthony and I's talks in Phoenix itself, giving a recap of the SCCM annual Congress. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is time. We are recording this from the is the Phoenix Convention Center. And sitting to my left here in a beautiful comfy chair is none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Anthony Hawkins, the clinical associate professor, UGA, UGA C3. And of course, way more important than all those things, the conference correspondent of the pod. Anthony, how are you, man? Man, this is um a little bit different than what we've usually done recording from the hotel room. And we are... I mean, right we'll get in the middle in, of it. <laughs> we'll get into it. Schedule's packed. Yeah. We, we, there's, not, there's not free time like we'd be able to use to now. Don't worry. There will be a section recorded in the hotel because obviously we've got we to crack a cold one as we, as we celebrate this amazing conference. So, Phoenix, so first things first, it felt like there were two big hotels and specifically hotel bars because you had the Hyatt Regency and the Sheraton Phoenix. So... 
from a late night perspective, you had to pick one or the other. Which ones do you think win in the battle? Um, I think the Sheridan was a little bit, especially for an extrovert. I mean, you just walked in that huge room and instantly got energized. Huge room. It felt like there were multiple pockets of people that you could, groups that you could kind of migrate to and from. Um, what was the name of the of the bar in the Hyatt Regency? The Barrel and Bush? Barrel and Bushel? Bushel and Barrel? Bushel and Barrel, something like yep. that. Um, it felt like it was a little more fancier, a little more upscale. Outside was nice, but it was just... Smaller, more yeah. compact, a um, lot less seats. It felt like you're leaking out into the lobby. Yeah. If I wanted a drink with food, I would have went to the Hyatt. If I was just getting drinks and socializing, yeah, I'd have stayed at the Sheridan. Speaking of food, Tex-Mex, Phoenix, this was unbelievable. So good. Delicious tacos, enchiladas. Now, we'll, we'll highlight the food from Phoenix, but we'll also talk about the conference food in just a sec. But what did you think? Phoenix food, just pff, unbelievable, right? Phoenix food was great. I, we'll have to look and see. Maybe post it in the notes where we went because Trisha picked a place and it was phenomenal. Yeah, we we will. We'll post it just because we're leaving and so then we'll be able to. Now, the real thing, I'm jealous. I saw multiple previous friends of the pod that got to go to my favorite restaurant of all time, Pizza Bianco. This is a James Beard Award winner pizza place. Oh, that's news to me. I didn't know anything about that. Wood-fired pizza. <laughs> Best in the whole country. Now, the funny thing is, right, so typically no reservations. You have to wait. You have to, like, you, you show up and, like, wait in line. So I asked somebody, I asked uh, Alex Flanger, I was like, so what did you, what did you think of the pizza? Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then I followed up, how, what's the longest that you would wait for a pizza? Because he didn't wait. Someone else waited for them and, and got, got them a line. What do you think his response was? <laughs> 20 minutes? Five. <laughs> but it's really good. Pizza Bianco, if you, if, uh, I think it's on a Netflix show. Someone was saying, like, it's featured. He's, his stuff is featured. Really good. But, okay. Now, just as talking about restaurants, going to places. Also, automated cars. Did you, was it called a Waymo? Did you go in one for the first time? Um, I didn't, yeah, I did. I did take a trip. I can't remember how, if it's Waymo or Weibo, but. I think um, it's Waymo. The little yeah. automated robot in the movie Flubber. I think that's Weibo, and that's what it makes me think of. But the automated car is a, is a wild situation. The odds on a Flubber reference 10 minutes into the recording was very, very low. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so you went in it. Talk about it. I, I didn't. I refuse. I'm anti-automation. If there's a self-checkout, I'm trying to go to the person. If there's an automated car, I'm trying to get the real person car. I'll always avoid the self-checkout. I always, I, or I agree, I would not want to do this. Um, on the, We took an Uber from the airport when we first got here, and that's when I learned what this thing was. And the Uber driver said, yeah, I've, I'm going to sign up for it too. I'm like, dude, why? That's your competition. But then it makes sense. Do it so you understand what your competition is. Know all the limitations so that when you have customers, you can tell them it's unsafe, scary, and don't do it. Was it creepy? It is pretty creepy. I um, I rode with somebody else, but on the app, like you can choose like what color the little light on the top is. Yeah. Um, and then you have to do something in the handles like stick out in order for you to open the door. But man, it is, I mean, it's, it's fancy. The only thing like they have a little touch screen in the front so you can choose what, um, like a playlist you want to play from. <laughs> they need a karaoke into the, in that screen. That was what we decided while we were there that that would really up the game. In the Wemos or Waymos. It, 
can, could you do a cash cab? Could the cash cab come back in an automated car? <laughs> and, you know, it's funny. The first night, maybe the first two days we were here before I learned about this Waymo thing, I saw these little cars driving around, and I thought it was the we Google thought it was the car. Google Maps. We, <laughs> I'm like, man, they are like really charting this city. <laughs> we were, we were what we were, we were at a brewery, and we, we, multiple of them passed, and I, I think I looked at at Trisha Brennan, and I was like, Trisha, I think we're going to be on the Google Maps image <laughs> of this place because it's passed us multiple times. Nope, Nick is just an idiot and didn't realize that those are automated cars. <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, that would have been the most Google Maps cars in one vicinity in like a long time. So that makes sense that that's not what it was. Um, weather. What weather did you leave in Georgia? Um, I think it was 16 degrees. It's colder than I expected. All right. So we both reprieved. I was in the single digits. I literally, as I got to the airport, I had to change my winter coat for my raincoat as I walked inside. Um, and that's the thing. Weather was nice. It's what? 50s to 70s, probably 50s, 60s, probably a little colder at night. But man, the rain was just enough to be annoying. Not like a downpour, just enough to 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 be annoying. I don't know what other way to say it. Yeah, and if you weren't fortunate enough to have be at the Sheridan or the Hyatt where it was just right across the street, you were definitely an unhappy camper walking in the rain. And as somebody who has definitely done that. Um, you're when you're planning out your conference, you're like, oh, it's eight minutes. It's not bad. You you double it. It's like, okay, I take one off because I'm a fast walker. It's 15 minutes. That's nothing. And when you add in inclement weather and things, you just don't want to go. It makes it it makes it feel like you have to bring your suitcase every time you're here because you don't want to have to go back and forth. Yeah. Or you're going out in like conference attire afterwards, like these dress clothes you've been wearing for 11 hours, which is terrible time dress socks all that stuff mm. hard yeah. pass and if it's gonna rain i mean rain during the day while we're in here conferencing don't rain at night when we're walking to the bowling alley and have to like dry off when you get there yeah we walked into champagne lanes very uh <laughs> dripping wet from the rain but we will will uh it's kind of a perfect lead-in into attractions because most know that uh anthony and i are big bowlers and we found a bowling alley. However, had a little twist. So had you ever duck pin bowled before? I made everybody go to this place having not even known that duck bowling, duck pin bowling was a thing. Now the thing is, Anthony's favorite alcoholic shot is a duck fart. So the fact that we were duck pin bowling, he should have been in his element. Now for those who don't know. And we did take duck farts. Duck pin bowling is the regular bowling ball, right? It's a big guy, got three holes, put your fingers in it, all the things. But duck pin bowling, it's kind of like mm, a little bigger than a softball, a little heavy, and you're you're rolling it down, and the the pins have strings. But like you're you got to hit it in different places. You get three rolls of fr- it was really weird. All that to say, it was a great time. Yeah, look how happy Anthony is because he was three for three. He won every single game. I, <laughs> I, w- I wasn't going to shoot that shot, but I, what I really love is that when people heard we, that's what we were going to do, so many other pharmacy friends are big bowlers. Yeah. You know, uh, we're going to have to say it. CJ was a doubter. When we were coming here, he was like, you're going bowling? And then suddenly, look at the crew that came out. People Not were doubters CJ. in the beginning. And we had a crew of probably 40 people at the bowling alley when it was all said and done. So, I mean, shout out to University of Colorado, 
the Houston crew, the UGA, of course, University of Kentucky, Kentucky Maryland. Uh, Maryland showed out for yep. sure. It was a, it was a great time. Um, Lots of fun had by all. And, of course, Anthony was the ringer, rolling multiple strikes. But, hey, I was a member of the strike crew, too. Um, so we did have that. There were people went to the basketball game. I'm a little bummed. You know, I'm a sports guy. Basketball arena, you could see it from our hotel. They had two great games. Didn't go to a single one. That's how much I love y'all. Didn't go to a single basketball game in Not order to, to give y'all the, the Pacers great. Were playing. The Pacers were playing last night. Suns came back from a 20-point deficit. Like, um, a couple of UK folks went, and I was very jelly. But there's just a lot to do. Not only do you have that, I know plenty of people that they went to the zoo. They went hiking. Multiple people I know went to Sedona before or after, that kind of thing. Very good time. The fact that it's just not icy is awesome. Big fan. Yeah. I, I did bring my hiking boots, and since the um, conference goes to the very end of today, I fly out noon tomorrow. So I'm going to try to get in a little bit of um, – personal outdoor time since I got some time to kill. Got to. Yep. Sedona trails are unbelievable. Yep. You'll uh, let, go on, go on Twitter when you're done, post a pic, let the, let the listeners know where you, uh, where you ended up going. Um, other big thing, we found a video game bar and my video game skills mean that you all will have an amazing guest on a future podcast. Um, Matt Dupre, uh, from the University of Kentucky through our video game challenges has agreed to come on. So be excited. Yep, that's what happens. It's networking and agreements over games of NFL Blitz and NBA Jam. <laughs> um, so enjoyed Phoenix again. The We'll talk about future locations, but we're already bracing for Orlando. We already have plans. We've already reached out to colleagues in Orlando to try to make sure that we don't ever step foot on International Drive. But we're talking about Phoenix, not Orlando. So let's put a pin in that. What other last Phoenix Phoenix thoughts? Yeah, I, I think I think that was good. The weather definitely could have been better, but um, it was def- it was a good time. But it's a it's one of those unless you live in an amazing place, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> so you know, yeah, if you're from Florida or something like that, yeah, you probably didn't like this weather. But yeah, okay. Um, our room. So we we're at the uh, the Hyatt Regency and. Um, as you walk in, the thing that, I, that stood out to me is it's one of those old school hotels where, as a kid, you, you like think that you could rappel from floor to floor because they're like right above each other and you could see all the people like going in and out of their, their hotel rooms and things like that. So, um, pretty good. Um, one thing I would say that my experience with hotels when you go now is that they are being more conscious on cleaning rooms. And housekeepers coming in, and we had somebody come. We weren't even in the room for a full day, and they came and serviced us. So the Hyatt don't care about your green initiative. They're going to come and service your room every day. Yeah, and it, what made that the more ironic is when I checked in online, it defaulted to saying our, our default is to clean your room every four days of your stay. I don't know how many people stay in a single hotel room for four more day, or more days. Yeah, it's called quarantine. <laughs> Yeah, and I, so then I just selected, like, I'm only going to here for four nights, so just don't come at all. And instead, they come 12 hours into our stay. The thing is, how messy are you that you need it? All you need is more towels. That's it. You just need a towel service. Like, you don't need your room cleaned maybe once in a four-day period, maybe. Yeah, I mean, our hotel room does have a fridge. That's nice. But I also don't but understand why do you mic- have a fridge without a microwave? Yeah, because exa- they, they don't want you to reuse anything. They want you to buy their... 
their uh, overpriced things here. But nah, all that to say, solid beds, not a great view, but all in all, the important thing, very close to the conference. Yeah. And in a conference, unless it's a really crappy place, that's by far the most important thing. Um, all right, let's – so talked about Phoenix, talked about the hotel room. Let's talk about the convention center where, where all the stuff happened. So what's, like, your overarching view? What's your impression of, of how this was from, like, a, a um, attendee perspective at this convention center? Um, the convention center is large. All the rooms are spaced out, so it's really hard to gauge. Is this, like, a super busy meeting? Is attendance down? But also I think I just describe it as choppy. Because it's like you got two different buildings, the north and the west wing. Then you got some rooms on the first floor and the third floor. I don't think I've been to any. I think the second floor is out. And then you just got to figure out which escalators on which side of the room help you get to where you need to be. So it it is very choppy, very spread out. So I feel like I haven't crossed paths with people as frequently. Like I just saw Joanna Stallings today. I'm like, man, I I haven't seen you this whole meeting. Marilyn Bullock, I'm like, where have you been? But she was also... Conference co-chair, so she's in charge. They've both been recording with me because they're being featured on Friend of the Pod, Pharmacy to Dose, Congress Recap Episodes, bub. There it is. <laughs> um, the choppy's a great idea. It really is first world problems, but when you're like looking at your schedule, inevitably when you want to go from one session to another, it's in the north and then west building. So you're walking all the way. Again, I'm not hand up. First world problem. I get it. Getting some steps in. But it felt like... It felt like it always took multiple steps to do whatever you wanted. And, you know, you mentioned the the crowds. It felt like the rooms were either completely full, like packed to the brim, where, like, we tried to get into the physiologic difficult airway talk, and we're literally fire marshaled out of it. We weren't allowed. I, like, I peeked my phone in to take a picture of how we were outside of the room, and the fire marshal behind me, was looking at my every step, making sure that I didn't step foot in that in that room. Um, and then we went to the vasopressor talk, and they told us fire marshal issues. We couldn't stand yep. against the wall, and we were only doing that because it, the room looked slam packed. But it's the but large ballroom. It's the it's the it's the, the big door, house. Yep, yeah, and the doors are on the side, so when you walk in, it looks full at capacity. You and, gotta walk a mile and when against you, the back. When you hear that, people are probably thinking, okay. Yeah, of course the doors are on the left and right side. No, the doors were only on the right side. And I, it, the other side just took you to like some sort of like back, like the, you know, the, the AV side of things. So it was really weird. I felt like whenever you're coming to go and you're always in someone's way and I can't imagine, they're talking about fire control. How, what? How are you going to have one exit for this whole thing? It was weird, but, um, you know, speaking of that room, and I think it was what the North North BCD ballroom, there were multiple pharmacist speakers um, in that ballroom. Got to highlight some talks, so that was really cool. Um, that was a big room, but yeah, kind of choppy. Two buildings, um, definitely a little bit annoying. And um, I felt like we may have run into less people because the conference is a day shorter this year. So I feel like people are busier, and it feels like the days are just, like, they're just way more jam-packed. Like, they're, there's not as much free time to, like, explore or do those other things if you're trying to go to some of your sessions or you're doing research or that kind of thing. Suddenly, your days get kind of filled up really quick. Yeah, I really like, you know, when you're in Hawaii, you do conferencing from, I don't know, 7 to noon. So you get to enjoy the city that you're in, but 
Yeah, I felt like here we were busy until four, five, five o'clock, and then you jump right in. I mean, five? Change, change clothes or put on some comfy shoes and go to a reception. And then you have receptions. It was literally till five or five thirty every every day. And I get that they're just trying to optimize the days, but like. I think it just, I mean, at a certain point, you just get tired and, and you, you want to network and do those things um, and go into the, to the late conference. And the thing is, man, the late sessions were always some of the best ones. I mean, you got, you know, that was the glycemic control, like the guideline release and things. So they even had the good ones at the end, too. Um, food. Food was a problem. At the, at the at the conference itself, at the convention center. Um, it sounds like they're, the, at least the first day, there were only two vendors and it was like made to order pizza and things. I it just sounds like an absolute like catastrophe. Well, not yeah. Not only that, the small personal pan pizza we got was like twenty bucks. And then I asked the lady, "Do we get a discount with conference registration?" And she was floored. <laughs> like no one's ever asked you that when they're paying twenty dollars for a personal pan. So then she was like, being thoughtful and kind, and said, "Well, I'll give you a free soda." Their soda machines didn't work. This, I think the soda machine was turned off, and all we had was water, <laughs> which was fine. Which I can I, get that from the select yeah, lounge. Shout out, shout out, water. Yeah, and we'll we'll get to the select lounge. Um, yeah, the I mean, I come to expect like if you're at a con like a conference, it's like you're going to a, a concert. You're going to pay twenty dollars for some crappy meal if you eat here. But it was just more. Um, I don't know. There was like barely any places for you to eat. It just felt like it was, there weren't like grab and go stands either where you could get stuff um, like that. So I think people had to adapt their plan. And I think it led to a lot of people leaving conference, getting some food, you mm-hmm. know, because the, because they didn't have a lot of on-site stuff. Um, lot, yeah, very big sports attraction themed filled like, like trip, right? In terms of uh, the happenings while we were here. Yeah, I definitely felt like this was um, a lot of our networking, hanging out with with friends and stuff in the afternoons and evenings was very sports-centric, whether it was a NFL game for the playoffs or a lot of these folks, even just locals, were dressed for the um, basketball games. Yep, you see a bunch of Suns, Suns jerseys, the Valley everywhere. Um, I mean, you even went, yeah, we've told this story before. You like sports, but you are not an avid sports lover by any means. And so he, you went to, I don't remember if it was getting lunch, you went to a bar, and the and the football game was on. So you stayed there with, like, it sounds like on Sunday, half the half the, the conference was, was taking place inside sports bars with TV screens on the NFL games. Yeah, I went there for lunch, and then by the time I left, there was a party in the room behind me. So then I think I just camped out there for the next four hours. Yeah, Um it was very fun. Luckily, they were able to, yeah, shout out, shout out Michigan, uh, Detroit, a bowling alley, of course. Um, so lots of fun. We will be working on, uh, I was told that through the grapevine that someone found karaoke yesterday and they didn't alert us. I know it wasn't in the Weebos. No. So I feel a little perturbed. Everyone knows how much we love karaoke, and no one gave us a shout-out, but they probably thought that bowling was our king last night, so that's okay. We will, our next conference, Anthony and I will absolutely search and try to find a karaoke bar to make that happen, because nothing would be more hilarious than seeing Anthony do a great karaoke song. Man, I can't carry a tune in a bucket, but I would be perfectly fine with having a, um, a standing bowling karaoke night. Like, one rolls into the next... Who says no? Can that just be a combined spot? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So 
Let's go from, we talk about the convention center. Um, let's kind of get into some of the specifics of, of the Congress itself. CPP reception. So you got there first, right? I think it was this year, it was the CPP pre-reception because it was the <laughs> night before things got kicked off. Yeah. yeah, I got some beef with that. We got a big section. Like our room was packed. Why are we, what are we doing? What did we, what did we do to get the pre-session? It was actually so long ago now that I don't even remember which room, like, where it was. <laughs> um, well, it was it was one of those things, too, where they did, they had the CPP pre-Congress session, and then they, they, I guess they just kind of whipped it in and did this, and did this, uh, um, the reception afterwards. So, sounds like drink tickets went quick. Yeah, I think there were three tickets left when I got there, and I think I got there, I don't know, seven or eight minutes after the doors opened. I think they, they went they went by real quick. Um, Gretchen Sasha was handing out some of the tickets, and she was saying that people were getting mad at or mad or they were frustrated that there was no tickets. She was like, I didn't even get tickets. <laughs> Yeah, so if you're if you're a if you're a resident and you're always looking for those uh, those free tickets and things, you gotta get to the receptions early. I will say I do like the idea of the CPP reception being earlier in the meeting, so you can. It's a, I mean, from a networking perspective. Yeah, you just take inventory of who all is here, and then you can kind of make plans um, with 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 folks throughout the meeting. So yeah, I, I do like that. It um, it, it was uh, it was wine. And if we're rating the wine, it was white, red, and free. <laughs> it was free. <laughs> um, I didn't actually have I didn't have any of the wines, so can't give a can't give a taste there. Now, um, there was some drama. I think we got a we have to shout out Megan Rack for literally being the the spearheaded leader as to how we were even able to have the successful pre Congress and reception. Did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear any rumblings about any of this? Well, I know the reception, you know, last year we had a huge room, and I think there were three different bars. Um, it was a massive room. And this year there was one, and the line, and it was, I don't know, it was a huge horseshoe. So it's as soon as you got to the reception, if you were lucky enough to get a ticket, you were already standing in line. Was it one of those, like, if you go to Trader Joe's on a Sunday, the line just your the line just starts as you walk in and you say hi to people as the line you're just saying hi as the line is moving through the entire like like <laughs> event space, um, but so it sounds like they um, showed up for like the pre-Congress setup and there was nothing, there was no no no, no Wi-Fi no that, TVs yeah, yeah it feels like what do you mean there's no Wi-Fi like what. So, this is the most fun fact. The Zoom link, everything was held together by someone's cell phone internet. <laughs> I'm just envisioning my, like me tethering my cell phone internet and it lasting, what, 20 seconds before it dies? <laughs> um, I mean, shout out technology. That's unbelievable. Somebody, somebody, we couldn't get a convention center or uh, that was at the shared, so we couldn't get the hotel to have any type of... Uh, um, input there, so instead we got to use it from our own phones. <laughs> um, and then, so if that was the only problem, that would be okay, right? But then it sounds like one of the issues you're talking about of getting in line and only having there were supposed to be two bartenders. I was told 
Yeah, that only definitely. One, only one showed up. Is this like, did someone someone get assigned a moderating position and didn't show up? Is that what happened on that <laughs> Saturday? <laughs> but yeah, shout out to Megan Rec for um, fixing the, the issues and at least smoothed over what she could. Saving the day. Shout out Megan. Not all heroes wear capes. Yeah. Um, Got to shout out Brian Gilbert's outfit. So um, he heard... Anthony and I's subliminal message on uh, suit jackets because we gave him a hard time because uh, even though his outfit was awesome last year, it was a Thanksgiving themed suit. So yeah, he made it very clear to me that he wore that just because we had <laughs> we had beef with it. <laughs> and hey, we got no beef. We're we're just uh, we're just having fun. But uh, Brian made sure that there was going to be um, no uh, misconstruing his formality here. Because he rocked some Florida State overalls, and they looked great. Plaid, plaid. He, uh, he posted a, a picture of both of us because I had my Phoenix. I had my Phoenix shirt on, my Western shirt. So it was great. Yep. So um, a solid outfit. What would you rate? Scale of 1 to 10. Of Brian's outfit? Uh, I mean, I'm not an FSU fan as a, as a Georgia boy, but, um, and I live in South Georgia, so there's a lot of rivals with – I mean, I live, you know, an hour and a half from Tallahassee. Um, so I'm going to give it a strong six. Ouch. Tough grader, <laughs> Brian. I got you as a, uh, I got you as an 8.75. I'll tell you his boot game was strong though. Boot game was very strong, strong, strong work there. Uh, Brian. So, okay. On the topic of outfits, is there any outfit that should be banned or outlawed at a conference? I can think of one specifically that if I see it, I cringe. Yeah. I, you know, we talk about the ACCP meeting and all the suits that's one thing I love seeing here. I will see people walking around in sweatpants. T-shirts. T-shirts. I did see a guy yesterday wearing a three-piece suit, but also a baseball cap. <laughs> <laughs> and a moderator for a session today. Um, he looked like Indiana Jones. He had a cool hat on, kind of like the John Savransky signature hat. Did he have the bag on the side with like the the like, like whipping thing that Indiana Jones had? I was in the back of the room, so I don't know, but I got just enough to know. <laughs> um, scrubs is what I'm thinking of. When, if someone walks into this place in Scrubs, I'm like, dude, you own more than Scrubs at your place. Bring a change. Like, come on, do better. I don't see him very much. I don't see him very much. Um, yeah, you see the industry folks um, wear Scrubs every once in a while, but. True, and if they're, I feel like if they're in the exhibit hall a little bit, it might be a little bit different, right? But yeah, that's their uniform. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking more like you're going to a clinical session, and that's what's happening. This episode of Pharmacy to Dose is proudly sponsored by Chiesi. Providing innovative pharmacologic therapies for over 85 years, Chiesi is committed to supporting the clinical pharmacist community and the patients you serve. To learn more, visit chiesi.pharmacytodose.com. We are back Part two, as promised, what you're hearing in my voice is relief because I just spent, mm, what, 20 minutes praying that I could figure out how to reset my recording software so we could in-person record part two. How did I look from, from your chair? Was I stressed? I mean, your beer is still full, so you were definitely stressed. Facts only. I can't. I can't deny any of that. Now, um, we are back in Hyatt Regency, room six four seven. That's right. Not to be confused for sixteen forty seven. 
As Nick definitely thought that I told him the wrong room to check in, even though the lady downstairs wrote it on his card thing. The fact that she wrote it, though, it was right by this notch. Like this notch. What's a notch look like? A notch looks like a one. So it's busy when I'm checking in. I'm trying to get to the CPP reception right away. I'm trying not to lose any time. Because it was day negative one of the conference. It was day day zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I'm on the 16th floor. And you feel really dumb when you're like in a hotel. And you're like looking at the signs. And you're like, I don't think my room fits in any of these. So I kind of kept walking down one side. And I was like, I don't think this is right. My wife called. I was like, Dan, I got to call you back. I'm stressed. Like, I, come on. So... Finally, I call Anthony in this. We talked about the reception, this busy reception. Anthony picks up and then probably proceeded to give me such a hard time when (laughs) on the other end of the line, true. The notch on your paper was navy, and her (laughs) handwriting was in, like, fluorescent orange. But I can see there's a chance of it being confusing. (laughs) Just glad you finally made it out before everything closed, but you were a little behind because you didn't get a drink ticket. Yeah, but there's a lot of people in that who are in that boat. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about the exhibit hall. And the first thing I noticed, those research snapshot theaters were way more interspersed. It felt like they purposefully want you to weave through the industry education side of things to get to those theaters. Did you, did you feel that? Or is that just it? I haven't seen them in a minute. Yeah. I think if you're an exhibitor, that's something you want. You want to force the people to have to walk near you, even though they clearly didn't look super engaged. Um, it is something that I'm sure that they want, but I'll, I'm sure that is. But what I noticed was since all of the snapshot theaters weren't just crammed together, you could hear everyone's presentations a little better, and the chunks of crowds were more evenly dispersed, so you could just navigate through things smoother. That's a really good point because in previous years they were all together, and it felt like you couldn't go through large areas of the exhibit hall because you'd have to it's like you're trying to go to the front row of a concert you know that's a really good point I thought the and most of the theaters when I passed through them they were all pretty crowded like I think those got some pretty good attendance yeah definitely I saw a a lot that were crowded I did not see an ex um an expo booth whatever you call it um of a company selling white coats you know I feel like every year they always sold uh, white lab coats and you could like get them embroidered. They got the whole, they got the hanger full of the different ones. I think they got the memo. Have they, do we have officially like a Patagonia vest slash fleece <laughs> jacket station yet? I mean, I will say I got an Eddie Bauer one from the um, bookstore. There looks great. Yeah. The, the vests were a little spotty. They had random sizes. You couldn't navigate them well. And it was like a very itchy, I don't know, almost like cheaper wool because I wanted a vest, but opted out of that real quick. You know, you mentioned the exhibitors. I feel like the two most common phrases I heard were hello and are you a doctor? <laughs> do you want to like like, come look at my live mannequin with a shirt off so I can show you how to do an echo? I feel like if you were ever going to lie about being a doctor, that's one, one time. The other time would be, <laughs> we're having an emergency. Is there a doctor on the plane? <laughs> Yeah, and you walk through the expo, and it's like almost all devices or schools wanting you to go go back. Yeah, gone are the days of the uh, giant propofol bottles that you could take photos with and things. R.I.P. Um, within now, the research snapshot theater. I will say shout out to uh, um, Anthony 
for getting up first thing in the morning and being able to present his. And then a uh, shout out to all the presenters in my group. I moderated the uh, last research snapshot theater. Um, so what did you think as you're uh, from a presenter perspective, business as usual, anything different about the, um, like the slides or the, the ease of things, maybe the speaker ready room, anything like that? I didn't have issues with the speaker ready room, but presenting on the very last day, first thing in the morning, today was rough. I definitely felt like, I mean, you can probably still hear it in my voice. I got a 30-pack of your smoke history or something. but I know. I, jo- I, I joked with Anthony. I was like, do we need to change your trach? What's this? What, what am I hearing here? <laughs> I did see there were some people, their slides didn't upload um, like because their title was too long. So then they were there ready to present. And it, at least I heard Aaron Barreto tell um, Joanna Heave, Go to the, you got to go to the speaker ready room. And at that point, I'm like, I think I'm probably out. Yeah, I got my <laughs> registration. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, how, I mean, hey, maybe that's their way to make sure that we're getting shorter titles. As someone who has to read those titles, I'm not super against that. But the idea that your presentation hard stopped because of that's kind of insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so within the exhibit hall, so we talked about the the research snapshot theater. One of the other cool things that they have is the... Uh, critical crosstalk theater and in my in my haste of trying to record and release one of the daily episodes we forgot to actually recap our boy our man converse correspondent anthony actually led one so we're gonna do it right here what was that experience like talk to the listeners about how it was different and start off with were you nervous at all going into it um, I wasn't nervous. I was relieved that it doesn't require slides. So that was one of my first, like, ease. it's easy to commit to something like that. That's funny, though, because any other scenario, other people, that would be the reason they don't do it. And for you, that was the selling point. Yes. I, I mean, we've talked before about how the conference slide templates are always pretty awful. But then also making them, submitting them two months in advance, then you got to relearn what they, what they are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a, a different platform. I hadn't done one before. Andrea, um, from C3 did it a, f- a couple years ago. So I'd asked her and yeah, there was no structure. Didn't have any conversations with my, um, with my co chat, you know, who I was talking with or the moderator until the day before conference got an email that says, Hey, maybe we should touch base. And like, do y'all want to debate about things or you got some questions you may to ask? Oh, so I love it. It wasn't either of the presenters. It was the moderator who attempted to talk like, hey, what are we doing? Yeah. I was like, well, I think if we're both being asked to talk about fluid stewardship, we probably agree on a lot of things. So I don't think we need to debate. That may die quickly. Um, And instead, you know, we come up with just some very basic structure, but a lot of audience um, participation. It was really good. A lot of good questions. Yeah. I talked to the guy that did it with me, Javier. He's a critical care nephrologist. Um, unlike Michael Connor from Emory, who practices as an intensivist and as a nephrologist, um, Javier is only a critical care nephrologist. So when I met with him when we first got here, I met with him and Ashley Hawthorne, the moderator from Auburn, and he's at, he's at UAB. He instantly wanted to, as a nephrologist, it makes the most sense, he wants to start talking about CRT and de-resuscitation, all these strategies. I was like, dude, you got to slow your roll. <laughs> Because my hospital has like four CRT machines to split and share between three ICUs. <laughs> so 
pump the brakes. <laughs> Take it easy, bud. <laughs> um, it was it was really good because it's something where uh, I feel like in those sessions you're able to um, talk practically when. Um, people are looking for advice or answers on what you do. You can kind of see different sides. And with with you all working at different institutions, it was kind of cool hearing. Sometimes your answers weren't the same. And it wasn't that you were disagreeing, but you had to take different approaches to get to the same end. Yeah, it was nice because as a nephrologist or a critical care nephrologist versus a pharmacist, um, as well as a large academic medical center versus a, a community hospital. Yeah. So I, I, I think that was a good a good perspective and different differences. Love that you shouted out um, Ashley Hawthorne, the moderator, because she did what I like to call the boss move. When she flew in, she moderated, and then she flew out. Same day. That is boss status. That's on the level of, like, to me, that's when you uh, reference your own paper and your own slide. Like, I feel like it's on that same level. Um, so that's cool. Shout out to Ashley, the moderator, trying to trying to rope Anthony and keep him in line in a, in a discussion with no outline. It was probably a little challenging. <laughs> Um, so real question, thinking of our, uh, attempt to be prices, right? Uh, winners did, uh, SCCM have the wheel this year? Uh, they had the wheel. I didn't spin it. I know Jasmine um, from Emory spun it and she doesn't really know what she won. I heard, I heard it was 50% off either her registration for next year. No chance. I, there's no Congress. chance. There's no chance. It's $500 off, right? I think it's for membership. I could see them even being off. like 50% off like a, men- a month of your membership. Yeah. yeah, I have never, I didn't know that maybe that's new this year. I feel like normally it was, do you want a little notebook or do you want a cup? Um, or or RIP, the coasters. Those used to be the goats. For those who don't know, when you would go to a Congress, they would literally have like the theme of the conference printed on a coaster and... Judging by what they're giving off today, giving out today, we have replaced coasters for koozies. And I want to go on record, that is not a switch that I'm a fan of. Yeah, I am a koozie fan. You saw that I had a koozie on my water bottle during my crosstalk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was a plat wait, wait. It was a plastic, the cheap, like like five hundred ml water bottle, and Anthony's got a red koozie on top of it. Go dogs. It was really, really funny because someone turned around and asked, they go, do you think Anthony did that on purpose? And uh, me and Trisha just both looked at, at that person and said, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Build your brand. So let's move from the exhibit hall to the select lounge. Now, we got to talk about it. I selected a different lounge. They gatekeep this lounge like there's gold bars hidden in it. Like 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 Willy Wonka hidden his golden tickets. They scan you. You try to go in, even if you have the little dangle, the select little badge ribbon or whatever. It is, it is uh, an aggressive approach for crowd control. But last year, I thought it was one of the hidden gems of the conference. The the select lounge and hanging out there. I kind of share your feelings of it was okay. Yeah, I agree. Last year it was a hidden gym, and I don't know if it's because it was kind of hidden and off to the side where people just had to work. Like, you had to like go you intentionally had to, specific go to it, and this year it was just right in the middle of everything, so they got a lot of foot traffic. Um, I think I would, I would like to probably see two select lounges in just different locations. 
Because they, they are always you, so full. All they're going to do, if they have two select loungers, they're just going to have two tiers, and there's going to be a select one and select two. That that could be true. <laughs> I mean, and last year, you could take, like, if you wanted to take your mentee in there and have coffee and talk, it was okay. This year, oh, they gave me it? the side eyes so hard. Oh, I saw them boot somebody trying to do that. <laughs> I saw them, yep, no, the Kevin Mutembo finger wag. Now, my question, they, had, they give away breakfast fruits. Is pear a breakfast fruit? Is breakfast fruit even a thing? Is all fruit breakfasts? I don't think it is. Uh, Rob McLaren would strongly disagree. I saw him every day with his morning orange. <laughs> um, and, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love fruit with breakfast. I don't want to have to walk around and find a place to peel my orange and throw it away or, you know, have my gums hemorrhaging from e- eating one of their hard apples. Yeah, Granny Smith apples, for the record. We need to set the scene. We're not getting Honeycrisp or Fiji out here. The fact that you know all the different like subspecies of apple blows my mind right now. <laughs> I'm a pro-apple guy. I like apples. Apple orchard season, that's one of the best times of the year. Um, just not as many giveaways. Like last year, we highlighted that um, you're able to get Andrea Newsom's book, A Map to Mentorship. You know, they they had purchased some copies and given them away. And I, I think they may have done one of those with um, Dr. Adams, the U.S., uh, Dr. Jerome Adams, the ex-U.S. Surgeon General. I think he had a book or something. I may have seen Susan with a copy of that. But felt like it was just a little less of everything. If you, if you looked in that place at noon or one looking for a drink or something, that was, it was ghost town. Yeah, I don't, I mean... It was it was different. Yeah, yeah. Um, great networking though, because if that's that's a place, and there are some people who took great advantage of just sitting in the same spot and talking to people over and over. Um, Dude, there were some people that just posted up like their feet were growing roots in their chair. Yeah. Well, we'll just say the some of the people who were doing that they're not ones that are going to get asked to move. <laughs> Yeah, then there were some that were just like, I don't give a rip. They got their headphones in, and they're just on their Zoom calls. That's a, very much so. Yep. Um, but, like, you know, there are pharmacists, non-pharmacists in there. So, like, it is a cool thing, but, like, it's essentially $130 more to get the select membership. And there are benefits. Like, select members get the Digital Congress for free, which I didn't know. Other people have to pay for it. And we, we registered for Congress, right? So, we're going to get it. But that was kind of a cool perk. But... A lot of the select membership benefits are right here at, con- at, at Congress. So if those start, if those in-person things start becoming less and less, it is not go. I don't think it's going to incentivize me as much to because if we're not reviewing the select lounge, why would we, why are we select members? Remember? Yeah. <laughs> this all st- the by the way the whole select membership started from the rumor. Because Anthony thought that to become a fellow in critical care medicine, you had to be a select member. But what it is, is if you're a select member, your fee, your like registration or application fee gets waived. Yeah, the application for fellow is, is waived if you're a select member. And once you become a fellow, it is, you, you have to be a select member. Um, so, select lounge what are there any any ideas for for things on how um, when we're in the next couple SACMs uh, ideas on how we could make it better yeah I, I think just having two of them or if you're gonna have one have more space um, refresh the snacks more often because 
I'm like, I'm, I'm going to eat there. $130 worth of kind bars. <laughs> I, I will get my select, I will get my select fee paid for. <laughs> well, the thing, well, I think it's a, I think it's one of those cycles where after the first day, when everyone realized that all the stuff was gone, what do you then instinctively do when you see all the stuff in the morning? Yeah, you, you fill you your bag up. because right. you think it's going to be gone. So I think it's one of those where it like perpetuates the cycle, making it worse. Hey, I'm guilty. It wasn't kind bars though. It was that trail. It was the it was the classic trail mix. It was trail mix yesterday. Today was kind bars. Um, let's move into uh, the SCCM awards. Always love highlighting um, some of the notable winners, especially pharmacist winners. Um, so let's talk about a few of them. Distinguished Service Award, Martin Olinger, Bill Dager, Sandy Kane Gill. Wow, that's just three heavy hitters there. Um, Presidential Citation Award. So if you looked at the um, awards uh, ceremony, I guess, uh, pamphlet, pamphlet. Yeah. Um, there's about eight pages of Distinguished Service Award winners. You may be wondering, I bet there's a few pharmacists in there. You would be right. And there's more than a few. There's, you know what? Take a guess. Do you? I'm putting Anthony on the spot right now. Did you see Did you see the number I've written down? No. Take a guess. Mm, I'd make a good over-under of about, I don't know, 85? Mm, Should have gone with your first one. 111. 111. So, audio format, and, and because I, there's no way I'm going to be able to pronounce 111 names, right? We will not do that, but... Tons and tons of pharmacist involvements. We have fellows of critical care medicine, right? 31 pharmacist inductees. One third, 34% of all the total inductees into the American College um, of Critical Care Medicine. So that's so, that's, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, Eddie Van Mater um, got his fellowship this year. And I think he will be probably the first and only ever medical student to become a fellow, which is That's hilarious. such a fun fact. And <laughs> I'm so glad that Eddie has that fact. Imagine you're the poor person. Eddie's like technically a first year resident and he's, you see his email signature and it says FCCM at the end. <laughs> yeah. Second year med student in, um, in Missouri. Go Eddie. And then, of course, he uh, a great history as a critical care pharmacist. Um, you know, did some training in Colorado. Was in Tennessee, Kentucky, all the all all the all the familiar places. Um, so, yeah, so that's a really really good point. And then, um, as we move from the fellows of critical care medicine to masters, there's also one note, huge notable person, Rob Grabencourt, uh, PA at Emory that we both worked with in training. Um, is the first PA to ever become or to, to, to become a master. Yeah. That's so cool. First PA shout out to Rob. That's awesome. And then a uh, shout out to Keith Olson, a pharmacist master of critical care medicine. So um, after the award ceremony, right, you kind of leave the ballroom and they had photo ops, not in where it was last year it was like they had the photo ops around the same place that they had the reception because it was around the same time too. It was in the evening. This time it kind of opened up into like the foyer. Now I wasn't there. Was recording. Was recording a few of the star research abstracts. So Anthony set the scene. What was it like with everybody? You know, celebrating right there. The the pinnacle of all their hard work. Yeah, I think it was scheduled for an hour, and for the first probably twenty five minutes, that place was hopping. 
I believe it. And then I got a better idea. I feel like they were doing a randomized control trial because they're walking around passing out champagne, and it was a 50-50 shot if you were going to get a glass of actual champagne or grape juice. How long when you got the grape juice glass did it take you to know you had grape juice? Oh, in- instantly. Well, you knew it was After different. a very sour face. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not one on details. I didn't notice the color change, and I definitely knew. I'm, I'm not the biggest champagne fan in general, but I knew this was not champagne. Yeah. Um, but it was a great, it was a really cool view because I got to see it as they were setting up, and they had, like, it appeared to be, like, towers of champagne that they were rolling out that I think people were grabbing trays from. So, um, cool. The reception. Let's talk about this for a second. Now, last year's review, Anthony and I were purposeful in our discussion because the fellow reception was arguably the most fun, um, most over-the-top part of the SCCM Congress. Yeah, it was definitely a celebration. Yeah, I mean, it's like you had the... Was it Moet, where you had the bottle of champagne that, like, you have the straw, you drink directly from it? So that is, and, you know, told people, hey, diamond in the rough. I think this is it. This is a really fun one. They had food in every corner. They had dessert tables. Oh. I mean, it was was a feast. The vibes were different. Not saying the vibes were bad, because you still had a great crew. Um, it was not a cash bar, right? So you're getting drinks. There was some appetizer, but it was just, it was just way different. Do you think, do you think the celebration was so great last year because you were officially honored and like inducted officially? (laughs) I mean, maybe. No, we'll never know. (laughs) We'll never know. Um, but just a few thoughts, just a few thoughts. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so, let's get into some favorite sessions here for a second. So, Anthony, clinical session-wise, and I guess if it doesn't necessarily have to be clinical, but a, a session at the Congress, what was your favorite? Um, I think there were a couple that was, I mean, last year I think we talked, there was probably four or five sessions about fluids. Yeah. This year I felt like there were several sessions about multimodal vasopressors. Um, I know you've had some folks on the pod already that talked about that. They were highlighted and they spoke several times. Um. But I think that was definitely a theme that that we saw several different times. That was one where um, Patrick started, and then um, his name was Ethan. Ethan, and he talked he he talked about vasopressin um, after after Patrick talking about multimodal um, vasopressor support, um, and then it ended with um, another physician talking about uh, peripheral vaso vasopressors. So that that was a good one. The beta blockers and sepsis was nice. Um, Brittany Bissell Turpin talked in that one. Um, and Ashish actually started that one off with multimodal vasopressors. Um, the best part of that session, I think, might have been the moderator, um, Indiana Jones himself. We I just Google Indiana Jones if you're for whatever reason don't know that reference, but um, that you're saying, okay, I have to ask, was it a, a whip or a hat that makes you think it was uh, that? the Indiana Jones reference came in your mind. Definitely the hat. I was in the back of the room. There could have been a whip. Can't confirm. Yeah. Um, the, uh, 
rethinking vasopressors, evolving evidence and emerging concepts in vasopressor administration, right? You're talking about, you know, Patrick, that's Patrick Yerushevsky from the Mayo Clinic and um, Brittany Bissell-Turpin um, talked about, you know, she had a session in the beta blockers and shock session that you were talking about, talking about beta blocker use and shock. And Brittany's always a great presenter. So that was really great. And I will say the, the session that probably stood out to me was the um, looking at the salt formulations of norepinephrine. And they just put out a position paper talking about how the salt of norepinephrine is important. Now, it is. It absolutely is because they made great points about, you know, Sandy King-Gill talked about how that impacts compatibility, right? Talking about how that impacts when you add or don't add specific adjunct agents, right? In shock, depending on when that's indicated. Um, It was a really good talk, something that I had never thought of before. I literally asked, I asked Anthony, I was like, I don't think I have any clue what mine is. And he he knew right away. And I was like, that sounds familiar. Bitartrate, right? (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, that's definitely it. And then they pulled the audience, raise your hand if you know. And I'm pretty sure the only people that raised their hands it were was every ph- pharmacist, maybe a few nurses, because they probably actually see it more. But yeah, that was, I think Craig Coopersmith called him out for that. Like, he, clearly the pharmacists are in the room. I loved that because he knew the answer would not be that high <laughs> if you had, if it was just a true physician room. Because yeah. And, and hand up, I, I mean, it, it was just something I'd never thought of. Um, one thought. Sandy King Gill, right, mentioned already, she was on the panel talking about this. And um, the uh, moderator is introducing her, said, Sandy, please introduce yourself. Um, I know that moderator is like really important, but Sandy needs no introductions. I just want that to go on the record. So we don't need to be having that kind of tone or anything like that. <laughs> Um, all right, so another thing I like to do, right, favorites. We're going to pick our winners. So, Andy, I'm going to give you a couple session titles. I want you to pick the best one, okay? Okay, yeah. Andy has not seen these yet, for the record. Actually, I said I was going to give you three choices. I couldn't narrow it down, so you got four. All right. Deadly Fungus, Not the Last of Us. Now, the thing is, oh, Not the Last of Us yet. I have seen the show. <laughs> Took the words from my mouth. I was going to be like, Anthony's not a pop culture guy, so I doubt he gets that reference. Okay. So, I like that. You get a Last of Us reference in there. I'm in. So, um, 12 or so, in parentheses, steps for putting happy back in happy hour. Strategies for alcohol withdrawal. Um, new drug, who's toxic. So, I think that's really fun. Like, new phone, who dis? New, new drug, who's toxic. I thought that was really good. And I don't think I would have caught that. <laughs> Pro con, well, I guess uh, the speakers in that, correct me if I'm wrong, that's how I took it. Uh, Pro con debate, flip it and reverse it, ICH management. And if you see that and your mind doesn't instantly go to the Missy Elliott song, it's your, then I don't, I don't know. I think we're different then because every time I see that, flip it and reverse it, I don't see ICH management. I just see Missy Elliott like kind of rambling from the song. (laughs) Yeah, back when um, music videos were a thing. That's what I, that's what I see in my mind. <laughs> all right, all right. One, two, three. Which which one do you think wins the wins the best session title? I mean, I think I'm gonna have to say the flip it and reverse it. Happy hours, nice. Um, I don't know that I would have gotten the pop culture reference to the fungus one, even though I've seen the show. Now that you say it, 
Um, so yeah, I, I, I at least knew Missy Elliott. Well, the the thing is, The Last of Us started because of a deadly fun like fungus outbreak. Like that's that's the yeah. <laughs> thank thank you. Blank stare. <laughs> okay, um, sessions we wish we could have heard. You know, you um, we this was one of the the favorite session titles. But the alcohol withdrawal, the strategies for alcohol withdrawal management talk looked um, so good. We got a shout out. Um, Jeremiah Doobie, DePauly Dixit, and Jin Lee. Oh, and maybe the best presentation title, Benzodiazepines. Shut up, liver. You're fine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It was because of yesterday's happy hour that I missed that talk. <laughs> Pun intended. Um, but that that's a, that's definitely a really good one, pharmacist speakers. The other one that is, I think it literally just ended for us to be able to record this in person. We had to miss it. Endocrine emergencies when zebras are real. So Paul Reynolds leaving that. I thought that was really good. And then there was also one that we physically attempted to go to and were denied. We were denied access. And that was the physiologic the physiologically difficult airway prediction, mitigation, and recovery. And specifically, we wanted to hear Megan Rex's discussion on prevention and recovery from hemodynamic instability during and after airway management. And fire marshaled. We, we were told we were not allowed entry. Yeah, I heard they had a lot of questions in that session. She said, I'm pretty sure I was talking to a room of anesthesiologists. <laughs> Um, so when you think about sessions, right, we're talking about favorite sessions, sessions we liked, ones we, ones we wish we could have seen. You have, from your experience, you submit a lot of session proposals, right? And you have, you have ideas. So what are, what are tips from you doing this year in, year out that you've found that could help others? Because I think sometimes you'll hear people talk about the content and it's like, well, if you have ideas, sharing them will help. Yeah, I, th- I think there's probably two main buckets of people that submit proposals. One is you sit up, you submit proposals of topics that you want to talk about and get invited to talk. Um, and then there's proposals of things that you just, you, you know, naturally you want to hear about. Yep. Um, I think this past year I submitted maybe 20, 21 proposals. Um, many of them are topics that I want to learn more about. And when you submit a proposal, it requires like, I mean, you have to write out the objectives. You got to write a little spiel about why it's important and relevant and timely and all these things. Um, You have to choose between, I don't know, like a 30, a 60, a 90 minute and a two hour session and how you want to break it down into pieces. If you wanted to be a pro con debate or just different lectures. Um, And then you have to have a speaker and a backup speaker for every spot. And like the, the only one that I got accepted this year of the 21 was um, searching for Sasquatch, busting myths um, in the ICU on, on nephrology related. And I'm like, they, in order of, like to really increase your chances of it getting ups- accepted, it needs to be multidisciplinary and it needs to be folks from different institutions. And I'm like, man, I mean, I have to like do some random Google searches or just randomly search the SCCM membership database. It can be hard to find the multidisciplinary folks you would like to be yeah. participate. Cause I feel like I can pretty quickly come up with three people that I want to talk about things, but not six. Um, so that's a little bit tough. Um, and then when you submit it, you have to like sign a waiver, check the box that says, as soon as you submit this proposal, like SCCM owns the idea. So we may keep the topic, we may keep half the topic, we may combine topics, we may save it and use it next year. 
And by the way, even though I made you select six names plus the moderator, um, we still may choose other people. Not a single one of those may be involved depending on what we... So so is it like, do you, when you submit it, do you like, if you have a Mac, do you put your finger down and like you prick blood as like, (laughs) do you need like biometric ID to submit it? (laughs) Oh yeah, it's rough. And then when you choose the presenters, half the time they didn't have their bios filled out and part of their own, you know, membership profile. So then you had to go look all that stuff up. Oh, that's fun. And for the record of the 20 or so proposals, Nick's got the voice for radio. And so I put him as the moderator for every one. Uh, and if you're curious audience, like, Oh, I wonder how many sessions Nick moderated zero. Yeah. And the one session that got accepted, um, it's actually going to be a bonus CE. That's yeah, separate digital Congress. Yeah. Yep. We haven't recorded it yet. Um, and even though I put you down as the moderator, I guess because it was my proposal or something, I don't know, but I'm, I'll moderate that section with Sandy Kane Gill, um, Michael Connor, and I, I'm trying to think of what the third session is right now, but yeah. we may come back to that. That's going to be so good. Um, great tips. Uh, that's a tough acceptance rate. <laughs> that's, yeah. You're in the, four, in the fours. <laughs> um, website and app, brief discussion. Great when they worked. Tough to know what's happening when they don't. The whole day before, the whole Saturday, which I don't know if you can even call that the day before with all the stuff happening at night. CPP reception was that day. It was completely unaccessible. You couldn't use the app. You couldn't access the website. Like, if you had to do anything, you were stuck. Yeah, and I'm sure other people are plan, you know, plan way ahead. That's normally what I do on the plane on the way there. And that's that feels fairly ahead. Like, it's not like you're you didn't open the schedule as you started your day off the first day, right? You're yeah, at least right. doing some prep. All right. 647 Hyatt 2024 SECM Congress coming to a close. Final thoughts. Great conference. Great time. I think this was one of the conferences where I felt people being back in person the most. I felt like I got to see and connect with a decent amount of people. Yeah, there were several people here that um, I had to do a double take because I hadn't seen them in so long. And sure enough, it was. It was their first Congress since since pre-COVID. Um, saw a lot of uh, former UGA students, current residents, or even folks that have already finished residency. Um, Ali Abdullah in Houston and Kendall Hunt at Kentucky, um, CJ Wilson. We have, just from networking at this conference, um, people that I have met at different programs that are RPDs, et cetera, it just, it, it's really nice to see over the years how, you know, me and you getting drinks with folks and networking has evolved into my former students now going Coming and training to, with those people kind of thing. That's so, so cool. It is. It, it's really awesome to see. There's a really funny picture because I think people, people assume I think that I'm in the UGA C3, that I'm a member of the UGA team because we're, we're such good friends. You guys get featured on here. PSA for all those involved. I am not. They do incredible work. I am involved with zero of their things. I'm not a member. So it'll be very funny. There's a picture if you go to the to the UGA C3 Twitter account where there's a picture with the whole UGA C3 crew, all the trainees and people that Anthony mentioned, and then Nick and me in the picture <laughs> trying to perpetuate the myth that I'm a, maybe honorary. Maybe I can be an honorary UGA C3 member at some point. Yeah, speaking of, that's actually the first time that we've had all of us here at a meeting because Chris Bland is mostly ID. Yeah. 
Um, so he has not, I think he said the last time he came to an SCCM Congress was when they presented, like they were talking about fludrocortisone a lot. Um, or maybe it was Zygris. I can't remember what it was specifically, but it was a long time ago. And he came this, this year and he was like, man, I think I'm going to come back to this every year. Is there's a decent amount of ID related things, but it's also just the types of the types of programming that we have. Um, I think it, it it really is awesome. Um, as we're doing some acknowledgments here, definitely need to um, shout out R.J. Mendoza. You'll uh, hear his name on a a future literature review series, but um, brought back some cookies from the Philippines that got to try. Unbelievably delicious, R.J. You were right. They definitely make your mouth dry as you eat them. So, pro tip: water by water, water or drink with it is key. But that was that was awesome. Gave that to me in the uh, uh, CPP reception, so that was really cool. Um, I mean, overall, one of my favorite, one of the favorite conferences. You know, we have some fun talking about some of the minor things, but this is still overall a really good time. Excited to be back. We uh, we've already planned, so we already got legs on the ground. Next year's in Orlando. Everyone knows our thoughts on Orlando, but we have multiple people because remember, uh, Brandon Hobbs from ORMC has come on and he we gave him the platform to talk about all the great things Orlando has to offer. So when we go out there, we're going to get a tour of the Orlando that you don't see. So you all, more to come. Who knows? Maybe Anthony and I will be pro Orlando people. Might need a wreck on a bowling alley and karaoke. Um, yeah, bowling alley wreck for sure. Um, but another another great end to a conference my brother, conference correspondent, Anthony, always the best. Thanks for uh, allowing me to piggyback on your room. I joke, if, if you've been around me at all this conference, you're going to hear this joke. It's going to be the 10th time you've heard it. But Anthony and I have an agreement. Whenever one of us gets a hotel room paid for by their organization or company, the other stays in the room. Like, it's just an agreement. Turns out, <laughs> Anthony is the one that gets the room paid for a lot. <laughs> Uh, great time. I literally have to stop recording this now so I can rush to the airport doing all the things to try to get you guys a great recap from the Congress. Um, luckily for you, there's only one airport in Phoenix member. Yep. We're not having the Dallas fiasco. (laughs) Yep. That's exactly right. Um, find Anthony at I am a Hawkins and uh, at UGA C3, obviously pharmacy to dose at pharmacy to dose, all the socials for all the things. Um, Remember Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, mini reviews featuring so much awesome stuff from the Congress. Be sure to give those a listen. Um, And then of course, write the bigger recap here, maybe some more stuff coming with clinical sessions and research to be continued. What an awesome conference. Uh, time to me, time for me to recover for a few days, uh, but don't worry. Next week, there are some amazing episodes planned. Get, get excited. They're, they're really great, awesome guests. Um, tried lots of new things with this conference, so please let me know what you think. Pharmacy to dose at gmail.com at pharmacy to dose on the social medias. And until next time, I'm Nick Peters, and this is Pharmacy to Dose, the Critical Care Podcast. The Critical Care PRN optimizes drug therapy outcomes by promoting excellence and innovation in clinical pharmacy practice, research, and education. For more information, go to critprn.accp.com. Again, that is critprn.accp.com. 
podcast provides general information only. Does not offer individualized medical or professional healthcare services, including pharmaceutical advice. The contents and materials in the podcast are not intended to be a substitute for inpatient pharmaceutical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Use of the contents and materials on the podcast does not constitute a pharmacist-patient relationship. As a result, the information in and materials linked to this podcast are applied at the user or patient's own risk. Users and patients should consult their physician or personal healthcare professional. Users or patients should not ignore or delay seeking care because of something they heard on this podcast. In case of an emergency, the user or patient should contact their physician, call nine one one, or go to the nearest medical emergency facility. The views and statements expressed on this podcast are those of the host and guests and should not be interpreted to reflect the official position or policy of ACCP or the Critical Care PRN. ACP and the critical care period disclaim any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or any other damages, including without limitation, loss of profits arising out of any use of reference to, reliance on, or inability to use the podcast, its contents, and materials.